Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. Why don't you just close your eyes as I go to the Lord in prayer. It's tremendous honor for me as a son to come minister the Word this morning. And I'm going to be ministering where Dad left off last week on stress. And so this is going to be part two of that message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy upon each and every one of us. I thank you that you'll come and speak to every heart of every man, every woman, every child in this place. Lord, that we will not leave the same way we came in, but I thank you for your word to transform us, your word to deliver us, your word to heal us. I thank you, Lord, this word shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that for which it has been sent. And we give you the praise, the glory, and honor. Amen and amen. Well, family, take, please won't you take your seats. Nikki has already done the welcome for us already, and I welcome every single person. If this is the first time, I feel so welcome. Yeah, thank you for choosing NBCFC as your place of worship today. Uh, as I said, I'm going to be picking up where Dad left off last week, and it was really such a powerful, impactful word that Dad gave us last week uh, regarding uh, stress and uh, the, the mark or the signs of a fearful person. Who was here last week to hear that word? Did you, did you, were you benefited by the word? I really believe it was so powerful. Because at this time that we're living in, and uh, like no other, I don't think anybody here would agree, uh, deny the fact that we are, are living in a time of tremendous stress. Uh, when we look at our economy, when we look at the world, when we look globally, uh, people are under stress generally. We live in a world where, where it's a world of speed, a world of activity, and a world of noise. That is uh, when you first take your first breath, you're exposed to, to these things. We live in a world, uh, in a modern generation, described as hurry, worry, and bury. We live in a hurry, we worry a lot, and are buried sooner than we realize. We live in a world that is uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. And so with all the stress we're around us, with all the stress pulling us in different directions, we, we have to, as believers, know how to, to rise above and overcome stress that will come in and, and really come as a distraction to us. It will come in and sometimes it will bring sickness and sometimes we didn't know as children of God how to rise above those things in Jesus' name. Amen. He has caused us to be like eagles that we will soar above those strings. And I believe that is the place that he has called us. I want you to look at the screens for a stress curve. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to explain it to you because I think it's so powerful. If you can put it on media, that would be great. Right there, you'll see this is uh, the life of an average person. You'll see, uh, and, and we find ourselves in a certain quadrant. You'll see there, there's four different quadrants. And you might know people in each of these four quadrants. You might be in one of them yourself, uh, which I'm hoping that you are uh, because it will describe accurately where you are. So on the left-hand side, you'll see someone who has too little stress. Uh, they, they're inactive. They're mediocre. They, uh, they, they don't have anything pushing them in life. They're laid back. And they're in this like kind of green zone, which is not necessarily all that good because sometimes a person in that zone is not motivated to achieve. So if you ask them to achieve, they laid back, man. They, they're cool. Just leave me where I am. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be going any further than where I am. This is where I find myself. And that's sometimes a, a, a bad place. Then we get to the next quadrant, which is optimum stress. 
So that we find ourselves that we, as, as people living in this world, there's not a place of that we can avoid stress. We have to understand how to deal with stress. And so there's different stressful uh, scenario. In the middle, that light orange quadrant is optimum stress. But you'll see right in the middle, there's a line which is called fatigue. And so right about this time of the year, people get to a place where they'll say, yo, I'm tired, man. This year can like finish now. You, could it be that you ride on that line of fatigue, which means that you're operating in the optimum zone, but fatigue is right there at that peak of that curve. And then you have the next quadrant, which is exhaustion. Now, we don't want to get to the place where I'm saying I'm absolutely exhausted. And that's a dark orange, too much stress, there's overload in your life. And then the last one is where we enter a place of burnout, where we enter a place of breakdown, where we have anxiety, panic attacks, and we have outbursts of anger. Why? Because you're already in a zone where you're in the red. Man, if you have to look at your rev counter, you're in the red. Man, you had 7,000, 8,000 revs. Somebody just ask you how you are. That's enough to get you going. What do you mean, hi, 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 why do you ask that question? What is wrong with me? And so you realize that sometimes people can be right in the red zone and they're right at the highest level of burnout stress. And we didn't know as believers how to say, you know what, I'm not going to let stress to control me. And I'm going to control stress in my life. And this is a way that God has given us according to His Word. We're going to get to that. We see that there's good stress or there's bad stress. The good stress they refer to as eustress, E-U stress, which literally means good stress or beneficial stress. What is that stress? It, it motivates us. It keeps us productive. It creates a feeling of fulfillment. It helps us to achieve our goals. It pushes us outside of our comfort zone. That is the good stress. They call that eustress, E-U, and then the word stress. But then we see something else which is called distress. Now the Word of God talks about distress. We have the opposite poles. We have two sides of the coin. We have good stress and then we have bad stress. What are some of the signs of good stress? You know, uh, things uh, in our lives could be like exercise. Exercise could be good stress that we place physically upon our body. Then we have uh, maybe receiving a promotion or starting a new job. That gets you motivated. It gets you excited for the next season of your career. Maybe building a home or moving into a new home. Man, that is exciting. That is good stress upon you. Having a child, taking a vacation, getting to know someone new. These are all good stress. I remember when we had our first child, Nathan. Man, we were unprepared for these things. Who was prepared for your first child? When we left the hospital, the baby was crying. When the, when the baby was in the hospital, the baby, baby was cool. When you get home, the baby wants to cry. Like, when did, when did we order this? And so we had to go back the two days later exactly. We said, doctor, you didn't give us the manual. We do not know what this cry is for. The baby is not speaking to us yet. We do not know if it's a stomach ache, if it's an earache, if it needs to get food, if it needs to sleep. We need to understand this. Are we the only parents here who maybe went through that stress? But I remember returning home the one day, and I was, had, had a heavy day at work, maybe a stressful day at work. But I realized that my wife had an even heavier day of stress looking after the newborn child. And I said to her, if this is what one child does to you, I know we said we're going to have two, but we're not going to have two children. And she was holding Nathan, and she was patting me on the back. He says, but I want another child. So we go through these stresses in our lives, which we have to learn how to deal with. 
We need to know that good stress is sometimes short-lived. These are some of the characteristics. Are infrequent, are over quickly, inspires you to action, improves your performance, and helps build you up. But then on the, on the negative side, we have distress, which lasts a long time. It is chronic. It is ongoing. It's negative, depressing, demoralizing. It decreases your performance. It demotivates you, and it paralyzes you into inaction, and it breaks you down. When we look at the definition of distress, it's the inability to cope with stressful conditions because it adds and it brings pain and it brings a sense of not being able to control the stressor in your life. What is that thing that is stressing you out? You know what? When I look at debt, if a person is in debt, that is a stressor upon a person's life. Who will agree? When you look at lack or insufficiency, that is a stressor upon your life. And you have to learn to say, you know what, I'm going to rise above this thing that is trying to stress me out. When we look at the word distress, what's the first two letters? It's die, stress. And I think that's purposeful because I really believe that stress can really kill a person. We've got to be wary what the enemy tries to bring upon your life. And we're going to read the scripture now. It says, even when you look at some of the statistics, Aspirin and paracetamol, just in South Africa, this is Stats SA. This is from their website. In 2011, South Africa consumed 1.5 million kilograms of aspirin. In 2014, it rose by 900,000 kilograms to 2.4 million kilograms of aspirin and paracetamol. Could it be that people are struggling with headaches and, and dealing with stress in their life? These are the high figures. The second one is maybe something that we mustn't clap for, something not to be proud about. But according to the World Health Organization, South Africa lists sixth position as a nation of drinkers. Alcohol, six in the world. In South Africa, more than one in three adults live with high blood pressure. When we look at drug abuse, different types of drugs, cannabis, cocaine, amphetamine, inhalants, sedatives, hallucinogens, and, and other drugs, we're talking about even amongst the unemployed, we look at a 12.7% amongst men, just with unemployed. They're dealing with stress in their lives, and they're looking for avenues to, to deal with this. The women, interesting, are only 1.1%, whereas the men are 12.7%. When we look at suicide, you know that, that there are 23 suicides a day in South Africa. 10% of all unnatural deaths in adults and 9.5% 9, 9 in use are because of suicide. That is one suicide every hour in South Africa that we live in. Could it be that we're living under stress? What is stress? Stress is a weight that is placed upon a person or object. When we look at this building, this building is under stress. The structure is designed in such a way to absorb the stress so that the roof and the walls will not collapse. Even that gallery is under stress. It has a weight limit. It has a load limit. And when we live in this life, you need to understand that life produces a measure of stress which cannot be avoided. We need to know how to withstand stress when it comes our way. How do we respond to stress when it comes? There's different types of stress. There's self-induced stress. 
What is this? When you're watching a game, you don't need to watch the game. I bet that sometimes people, when, when they're watching a game, they say, I'm going to just sit back and I'm going to enjoy the game and I'm going to just have a good time. But you know by the time that the second half has started and the score is equal, all of a sudden stress has risen. You're not even responsible for the outcome. Nobody's going to come and say to you, but why did we lose that game? But you feel like you're the coach of that team. The whole family has to be around that TV and you shouting the loudest. The neighbors are wondering what is going on next door. The dogs are even barking. When we watched the rugby game with the Springboks, man, our Jack Russells didn't know what. They thought we were shouting at them. They were, they were confused. They were running around the house. They had their tail between the legs. They didn't know what was happening. But we were shouting for our team. Why? Because it was a self-induced stress that we were placing upon our lives. Our heart rate increases. Our, breath, uh, our breathing becomes faster. Our eyes dilate. Our muscles tighten. We got a six-pack when we were watching that game, man. Even myself. Come on, Cheslin, run, run, come on. And we all were like that. I'm sure there wasn't anyone who wasn't excited when we won the World Cup, amen? They talk about someone watching, a, uh, they talk about this at football or rugby is a game where you have all the players on the field who badly need rest, being watched by millions of people on TV who badly need exercise. The second type of stress is inherited stress. It comes upon you as part of living your life. It's real. It's a load. It's a weight that is laid upon your life. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 will be on the screen. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run our race with endurance, the race that is set before us. Each and every one of us have a race that is set before us. But there's a weight that we need to sometimes remove from our lives that is keeping, that is slowing us down. Could it be the weight of stress that we are carrying? In what ways are we stressed? What ways are you stressed in your life? The first one, you can write it down. We stress by time or a lack of time. Time is always pushing me to the next meeting, to the next commitment, to the next report, to the next deadline to be delivered on time. Some of you have a, a, a deadline for tomorrow at work and you know that time is not slowing down. You have to produce your report. And in a fast-paced world, Time seems to be pushing us all the time. We have stress because of time. If you have kids in school, you know what it is to get them ready in the morning. From the moment you wake up, you need to make sure that their hygiene is fine, that they have breakfast, that they have sandwiches, that they will be picked up after school. Have they done their homework? Have they taken their books to school? Have they taken their stationery to school? You have to drop them off on time so that they don't get their names filled in by the prefix at the gate, Right? All of a sudden, we stress by time. But at the same time, we also have to get ourselves to work on time. Which means you getting ready. Which means, oh, shucks, I forgot to put petrol in my car last night. Which means I'm automatically running five minutes late. So we tell the petrol attendant, please, I'm in a hurry. Can you make it quick, quick? Make Formula One. Ten seconds, we're out of this pit stop. You've, maybe you've done that. I know I've done that. Like, let's do this quickly. We, we sometimes see it. I know there's, there's some people that are more gifted at this, but they drive to work. 
They know that they may be having all these things that they still need to do. Maybe they need to do some makeup. The rearview mirror is perfect for that. Uh, maybe they need to have breakfast because they haven't eaten breakfast at home. Uh, maybe they need to make an important call. But it's fascinating to see how they can do all three at the same time. The makeup, the phone call, and the breakfast all happening at the same time. And to add another one, the coffee is on the side. Are there any person like that here? Don't raise your hand, it's fine. We have to pay our bills on time. We have to prepare meals on time. When is the supper going to be ready? Uh, we have to be at our doctor or dentist on time. You ever wondered why you'd be on time to the doctor and dentist because you generally tend to wait when you get there? Kind of builds road rage while you're at the doctor, right? It's like I had my appointment, but now I have to wait. The second thing we stressed about, we stressed about our tasks. Sometimes we have so much more tasks than we have time in our life. The grass at home needs to be cut. The neighbor wants to call the wildlife society because our garden looks like a zoo. We've got elephants walking in there. The elephants are feeling welcome. They say, please won't you cut your grass. We are stressed by temptation. Satan will often attack you when you're weak, adding another dimension of stress to your life. We are stressed by turmoil, arguments, disagreements, conflicts that create stress. And stress will often cause turmoil, and then the turmoil adds even more stress. It's like a vicious circle in our life. In Job chapter 30, verse 27, it says, My heart is in turmoil and cannot rest. Days of affliction confront me. They come to meet me. Sometimes there's turmoil between a husband and wife, between children and their parents, between an employer and employees, whatever the conflict is. Sometimes we see that when we get to the, the pick and pay, there's a bit of turmoil when someone else takes your parking before you. What do you do honestly when you get to this toll road up here and you get through the drive-through? You know when you go and you just swipe your card yourself and you realize that somebody else's card is not working and it means the whole line needs to reverse out of there. Is there a bit of stress upon you or do you have a bit of patience? Come on, be honest. So what we have, we all have all these kinds of stresses. We have stress by temperament. We have type A and type B personalities. We see a perfect example of that in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. I'll read it. It says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. We see Martha's stress because Jesus is with them. But Mary wasn't stressed. So Martha's saying, come on, it's unfair that I'm in the stressed kitchen preparing the meal and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, can you not tell Mary to come help me in the kitchen because we need to do this thing together? I'm stressed in the fact that she is not stressed. <laughs> That's a type A personality right there. People who don't get stressed make people who get stressed even more stressed. The liabilities of stress, it makes you sick. People find themselves sick today because of stress, heart disease, hypertension, headaches, stomach ulcers, and muscle cramps, whatever it may be. Stress leads to emotional weakness and breakdown, worry, anger, bitterness. You've lost your joy when stress comes. Stress makes a person hard to deal with. 
Stress also makes a person extremely negative. They're even able to change the polarity on a battery from positive to negative because they're so negative. You don't have to mention anybody in your life, but you need to know, could they be under stress? What does it do? It brings doubt. It, it, it breaks down relationships. It breaks down our spiritual life. And I believe that there's a load that we're able to bear. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. Many years ago, the British Parliament released a certain ruling that on every cargo ship, that they will paint a few lines. I want them to put the, the picture up. It's called the plimsoll mark or the load line on a ship. And they made it like that on purpose because in certain types of water, be it fresh water or be it salt water, they would paint these lines because that was the absolute legal limit by which the boat or the ship would be able to be submerged in water to allow its safe voyage on its journey with the cargo. If you went over that, you would be fine because that was causing uh, shipwrecks and was causing accidents at sea. But as long as they did that, all the, all the sailormen were so happy with this gentleman who put this, this ruling in place. His name was Samuel Plimsoll, and hence the word, the Plimsoll mark. And he said, beyond that, you will not go below that. And I wonder if that's so true in our lives. Because God knows as our creator that we have a load limit. That you will not go below that, below that load to the place that it starts to hurt you. But a lot of times we want to step out of God's perfect will for our life and we load ourselves with the concerns of this world. We load ourselves with the issues of life. We load ourselves with extra things which places a load upon us that you were never meant to bear. That was never meant to be your consignment. That was never meant to be your lot. But yet you're carrying a load that God said, I never intended for your vessel. God says today, if you're willing, I'm ready to make your load light. I'm ready to remove a weight that is upon you that you've carried for so long. But yet it's causing you to sink. It is causing you to go under. Why? Because it's a weight that you're carrying. And in the name of Jesus, even in this very atmosphere, I believe that deliverance and healing is coming to your life. Maybe you're carrying a weight where you've lost somebody in your life. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through some kind of sickness and you know that it took its toll upon your life. And because of that, you feel the weight upon you. And in the name of Jesus, I speak to every weight, every stressor that has come to attack you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. In the name of Jesus, we break that off your life. That the joy of the Lord will come again. You know that you haven't laughed for many years. Maybe something has robbed you of your joy. Maybe you're here today and if I had to catch you one side, you will be smiling. But you know deep inside, you're crying, you're hurting. There's things going on in this, inside of you that you have nowhere to turn to. And the Lord says, turn to me. The Lord says, give it to me. A lot of times we look within ourselves and say, Lord, don't worry. I've got this sorted. A lot of times we put plan B into place to say, Lord, if your plan A is not going to come to pass, don't worry, I have plan B. The Lord will never bless a plan B that you've created. He will never bless an Ishmael. 
If you have a plan B, get rid of a plan B because God's plans are perfect for your life. God's plans is what He intended. Don't walk away. Don't walk out of the will and plan of God for your life. Don't load your vessel with stresses that you have not been designed to carry. We see many people in the Bible. We see Daniel, Esther. Daniel was thrown in a lion's den. Man, that was stress. Esther had to rise up in boldness to confront the king, to save her people from destruction. Joseph, wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife. He had to dream, he had to interpret dreams. Elijah, when the brook dried, when the Cherith brook dried, I can imagine Maybe you're in a place today, maybe your bank account has started to dry and you're saying, I do not have sufficiency in every need that I have. We see David having to take over the throne from King Saul. We see Moses leading the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. We see Jonah in the big fish's belly. We see Paul being shipwrecked, snake bites, being put in jail, enduring so many sufferings. You know what is in common with all these people? is in their time of distress, they all cried out to God. Every single one of them said, Lord, I cannot save myself. Lord, I cannot deliver myself from this. You need to come and rescue me today. Maybe that's your prayer today. Lord, you need to come and rescue me. You need to come and save me. Lord, you need to come and bring me out of this place that I find myself. No longer will you need to carry that stress and burden. The yoke of the Lord is easy and His burden is light. Take upon Himself that yoke. Don't carry around the yoke of this heaviness that you're carrying around. In the name of Jesus, we need to rest in God's peace. Rest in God's peace. Peace is not the absence of you in the storm. It's the absence of the storm in you. John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That is a word of the Lord to somebody here today. The Lord says, I give you my peace. It's a gift of peace that the Lord has given you. Peace of God has just come into this place now. The Lord says, cast all your burdens upon Him. In 1 Peter 5, verse 6 to 7, cast in all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Do you believe that today, that the Lord cares for you? Do not worry about tomorrow. You can write these points down. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We need to meditate on God's Word. The next point, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. We need to seek any healing and deliverance. In Psalms chapter 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord and He answered me and He delivered me from all my fears. And in Psalms 118 verse 5, it says, In my distress. Where is He talking about? In my distress. It says, I prayed to the Lord And the Lord answered me and He set me free. I believe the Lord is wanting to set people from things in their lives today. The last point I'm saying, 
is laugh daily. Job chapter 8 verse 21. He will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. I think sometimes we need to laugh a bit more at some of our circumstances. Last night I had room to laugh. I went through a situation even when I was preparing a message on stress. My wife said, can you see? You've been tested. Your children are watching how you respond in stress. I know that when I climb on an airplane, I watch the hostesses to see how they're responding during times of turbulence. If they are cool, then I am cool. But the moment the captain says, can the hostesses please sit down? All of a sudden, who agrees that that's sometimes a time of stress on the plane? I know, I watch my dogs. When there's a storm, there's tremendous stress in their lives. They do crazy things when stress comes upon a person. In this case of a dog, when they're in a storm, they climb on roofs, they climb in engines, they do all kinds of crazy things. We need to watch how we respond when we're in times of stress. How do we respond in times of stress? I want to come back to this point. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me, and He set me free. I believe that now is the time, if you're in a time of stress in your life, to say, Lord, I'm crying out to you. I do not have the answer. I do not have the solution. But I know that you will bring me out. Today, I believe that load is lessening off your life. You came in here, and you buried, carried yourself, and you said, Pastor, you do not know what I'm going through. You do not know what I'm facing. Some of us are sick in our bodies today. You might be here because you know that stress has caused that. You might have hypertension. You might have migraine headaches. You might have stomach ulcers. The doctor just describes it as a symptom. But what started that thing in your life? What fear started? What stress started that thing in motion? Today, you need to say, Lord, I'm entering a place of being stress-free because I know in who I am believing in. He, I'm believing in the Lord. Some trust in horses and chariots, but my trust is in the name of the Lord my God. You need to say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. Though the situation look bad, though I'm stressed out, I'm not going to declare it. I'm going to declare, Lord, that you're going to bring me through to the other side. You're not left, you never brought me into the middle to leave me here. I'm going over to the other side. What your word has declared, what your word has promised for my life. Come on, who's the people of faith today to say, Lord, though I find myself in distress, yet I will call out upon you. I want you to stand with me right now. You might be in this place. And I'm speaking to every single person. To say, I'm not at peace even within myself. I'm not at peace with others. You might realize that you have stress and stress and stress. And it seems to build. It seems to grow. It seems to expand. Every year you look at your life. Man, you're carrying years upon you that you shouldn't. In the name of Jesus, if you're in this place and saying, I need just someone to pray with me, and you're saying, I'm ready to call out upon the name of the Lord. The Word says, as you call upon His name, you shall be saved. You shall be rescued. You shall be delivered. I believe that inner healing is coming to your life today because you're saying, I'm coming out of this place. I don't want you to leave those doors with the same level upon your life. You saw that ship Today, there's some load coming off your life in the name of Jesus. Every burden, every yoke you're carrying unnecessarily that the enemy has placed upon you, that burden is coming off in Jesus' name. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.